Hello everyone and welcome to the Football FCU podcast, episode number 23 of season 3. This week I am joined by... Melon. How's it going? Just the two of us, Melon. So uh, we're going to have a kind of a good little chin wag there. Um, under an hour for once. Yeah, I think I think we might actually get under the hour. Um, we'll see. It's, so we're going to look at the fantasy football. Um, I'm going to just give a quick update on the, uh, the tables. Uh, we're going to look at the Premier League fixtures. There's only about four of them um, going. So um, for it's, I think they start on Friday and run until Sunday. So there's one on Friday, one on Saturday, and um, two on Sunday. Uh, we're going to be looking at the bets and tips, and then we're going to be talking about a few kind of... Um, Hot topics or whatever you want to call them. See a few things that you'd like to have a talk about. Um, there's no Connor this week, so no Connor's crypto corner. He's, he's probably after losing it all, so that's why he is not here. Um, so lads, we'll jump into it. Um, if anybody is watching on Facebook or um, YouTube, I, I will be looking at the Facebook comments, and Madam will be looking at the YouTube. So. Um, if I don't see a comment, don't worry, we'll get to it because I just, it's hard to kind of concentrate about. So, <laughs> uh, but now we will get to, if anyone has any comments around and send them in and we'll, we'll read them out, we'll put the screen and read them out. So now we'll move on to the first game of the week, which is Fulham versus Leeds. Um, this will be an interesting one. Um, Fulham obviously fighting for survival, Leeds, um, very hot and cold lately. Uh, Oh, you went. <laughs> You're back. Is <laughs> that uh, me? You went on my side. Could have been me. <laughs> um, so, what do you make of this one? Panic there, thinking I was going to have to run the show. <laughs> <laughs> this could be a solo one from Ellen. Oh, um, fuck me. What, what, do you, what do you make of this one? Uh, following Leeds, obviously, following trying to fight for survival. Leeds, kind of a safe enough, but just kind of hot and cold. Like, so, what do you make of this one? Jesus Christ. Um... Yeah, it's you know I actually think this could be a really, really good game, really exciting game. Um, Fulham desperate to get out of the the bottom tree, and Leeds every game they play is exciting. But Fulham, Fulham's last game obviously beaten three 0 by by City. Um, I'll tell you end again the there. Sorry, Fulham. I, I, give me one second, man, because I actually do have to run. So just keep keep chatting away there. I can hear you. I just have to run again, charge here because the things on fork said so. Fuck's sake. <laughs> yeah, so anyway, as I was saying, I think Fulham being beaten by City didn't really tell the whole story. Um, Scott Parker's got a lot of praise for his performance in the first half against City because he, he continued to try play from out the back. Obviously done it the week before um, against Liverpool and got the result that they needed. But against City, he tried, tried to do the same thing. Um, played from the back and, and really took it to City but City are in flying form and are hard to beat at the moment so they ended up beating them 3-0 um, yeah I didn't hear any of that I, just, I, was, I, was, just, I was just saying that oh, yeah. yeah it was just rambling on um, yeah, was literally about to go there so I, to, <laughs> I couldn't risk it <laughs> so what no, you saying, I was so just, you're what I was saying was um, Fulham got a lot of praise um, or Scott Parker really got a lot of praise 
after the Man City defeat because he he tried to kind of play his style of football. He didn't panic when he came up against City. He he tried to play yeah. out from the back. He he actually went at City in the first half. And although they got beaten three 0 most teams, yeah. including like the likes of Liverpool, Chelsea, you might sit off City with the the form they've been in. But credit to to Parker, he kind of he went after them. Um, yeah, definitely. Yeah. He, he, you can see he's he's kind of pushing them along, isn't he? Like he's really kind of giving them that little bit extra. I think anyway. I think he went through a bit of obviously. He's obviously there for a reason. He's in he's in that kind of position for a reason that the team haven't really been performing. But lately, whatever it is, he seems to be able to just get that bit of motivation out. Yeah, you probably Fulham going up through the the playoffs last year. You probably did expect them to be where they are now and fighting uh, the relegation yeah. battle, but. To be fair to the owners, they've stuck by Scott Parker, and he's—I I think he might turn it around anyway. Um, and he—he's playing—he's playing exciting football, or he's at least trying to play exciting football. Um, that that could play into Leeds' hands, where Fulham push for the on the attack, and and Leeds can counter, and, and but it also works in Fulham's favour because Leeds yeah. love to really open as well. They, yeah, they they play open, expansive football, so. This one you could see plenty of goals in it. Um, yeah. I I'm gonna go Fulham for this game. I think I think Fulham Just are going to. Need uh, a bit more maybe. I think so, yeah. And I think they realised that over the last couple of weeks that they've this is their chance now with Newcastle falling and and Brighton. In fairness, they've uh, they got a, a crucial three points in the yes, last game, but. You can see there the league table, so they're, they're two points behind Newcastle. Obviously, Newcastle has a game in hand, but... Full on, full on, Newcastle are getting... Getting... Go on, sorry. Yeah, Fulham have got two massive teams out of the way in the last two weeks with Liverpool and Man City. So they can have a right good go at this now as well and, and drag Newcastle into the, the relegation zone. Yeah. Um, so the pressure is more on Newcastle than it is really on Fulham. It's a, it's a kind of hit and hope from Fulham. Like, just go for it. And there is a massive game this week, uh, weekend, which we're actually looking at next. Again, there's only four games. Um, I was kind of rambling on at the start because I wasn't really concentrating because uh, because <laughs> I was too worried about my battery going dead. So uh, the, the next game that we're actually looking at is Brighton and Newcastle, which is a massive game um, and a massive game for Fulham as well. So that's a, to me, that's even a bigger reason why Fulham would really want to get something out of this game, like because they know. Newcastle or Brighton have to drop points. Like if they, if Fulham can get a win here, like that puts them in such a good position for the rest of the season. Like and just if they can pick up points against them teams, like that's gonna be massive for them. It is. It's major, and they've they've seen what they could do against. Obviously, they beat Liverpool two weeks ago, and then they put up to City in the the first half last week. So they they see what they can do and what they have. And as you say, Brighton and Newcastle is a massive game. If Brighton beat Newcastle. Fulham are out. Fulham beat Leeds. They're out of relegation zone, yeah. and they can just push on from there. So it's a massive yeah. weekend down the bottom of the table. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Uh, just a comment in on Facebook there for me was being a fan would love a Leeds win, but we have a rotten record in London. Last win was twenty seventeen against QPR. We'll take a draw. That's an interesting one. That's fucking. Yeah, it's massive. Maybe, maybe that's something that kind of plays on their mind. I suppose it's it's different players as well being there, but that kind of stat does always get brought up then, obviously, and it, yeah. it can play on a team's mind. But Leeds, you just never know at Leeds what, what yeah. side's going to turn up. Like I, I love watching Leeds. As a, as a Liverpool fan, I love watching Leeds because it's exciting football every time they play. 
Yeah, and, and the thing with Leeds is like Bielsa is so kind of not not one dimensional, but like he's so like narrow minded in how he wants to set out and how he wants to play, and like there's no changing from that. So if he's getting beaten four 0 or if he's winning four 0 there's still the same same tactic and they see it's still the same work. Like so, it's very it is very entertaining to watch as a fan. You're probably pulling your hair out at times, but you have to kind of love it. Like Bielsa obviously got them up into the Premier League, so um they'll they'll stick by him through and through. I think, but um it's it is one this this type of game again is is one that I reckon Fulham just because they need it more. They might just find that little bit extra. Now, having said that, Leeds have it drilled in from that work rate is, is pretty much everything in, in, for them. Like So it's going to be tough for Fulham. And if they are going to win, I think it's going to be a narrow win. Um, but I do think they'll probably get it. And I think it might be, like you're saying, there's a few goals in it. I think it might be a 2-1 Fulham win. Um, I'm going to go with 2-1 Fulham. And I'm going to say the Luckman to score on that one. But, okay, um, did, yeah. you, did you give us a score or did you? No, I didn't. Um, I I didn't even give a score. I suppose I I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go three one. Um, Fulham and again, Luckman I think is is the man for me. Yeah. Um, just a quick one on Leeds and Bielsa's kind of situation. What happens at the end of the season? For him? Does he stay another year? Or does he does he leave? Like, if you're a fan, you're obviously hoping he stays, but is. Is he coming towards the end now at Leeds? Like, is there much else he's going to really do or want to do with them? Like, I think now that Leeds fan can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think when Leeds got promoted, there was a lot of talk around Bielsa leaving leave Leeds yeah. at the time. Um, and then he stayed on for the, the extra year, extra year in, yeah. the, in the Premier League. So yeah. you, you never know. I suppose for Leeds' sake, yeah, they, they'd love to keep him because he's a great manager, but he's also a massive attraction for... For players, yeah. Yeah. they can't. Obviously, they're they're not going to compete at the the top with the cities and Chelsea's, Liverpool's for the the top names. But yeah, those kind of mid tier players, if you like, Bielsa's name is going to attract them to Leeds. Um, so yeah, for for yeah. Leeds' sake, yeah, I'd, I think they'd hope that he he sticks around. But you never know if a top club comes calling for for Bielsa, he might. He might go elsewhere. But how old is he now? He's old enough. Like, he, like, is he coming towards the end of his, his managerial career? Like, is, is that something that he probably? Oh, no, like he, he probably he's he's just a football man, I suppose. He'll he, mm. he might not retire for a few more years. I don't know how old he is, but well, I think he he certainly has a lot more in him, I suppose. Um, he must, he must have serious knees or serious blood flow. He's out beyond as hunkers for that long. Like, literally, yeah, I got about yeah. a good twenty seconds in me, and I'm gone. <laughs> <laughs> I'm dizzy when I stand up. Like, yeah, no, I, 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 don't, I don't know how he does that, and that little kind of bucket seat that he has as well. Yeah. It's quality. It's quality what he's bringing to the Premier it's League. Though, good, it's all the all round side of him. Like. Yeah, so just a quick um, run through on the prices. Sorry, six to four for Fulham, twenty three to ten for the draw, nine to five for Leeds. Six to four, I just think is a is a good price for Fulham. So, um, I think we both got Fulham on that one. So, um, we'll move on to the next one. So, uh, we usually don't do it, man, but we're going to try to keep this one under an hour. I mean, we because there's only two of us, and because there's only four games, we might succeed this one or this week. So, we'll see. We'll see. Interesting. Uh, <laughs> right, the next one uh, again. This is. Not one that you would be looking at to start the season and go, oh, this is a fucking cracker, but this should be a cracker because of what I mean. So um, Saturday at 8 o'clock. So again, we've only had one match on Saturday. Uh, Brighton versus Newcastle. 4-6 to six for Brighton. A big favourite for, for Brighton. 
Uh, 13 to 5 for the draw and Newcastle 19 to 4. Um, how do you think? Like, look, obviously, we know Steve Heads is in charge of Newcastle, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but how do you think this is going to go? Like, the last three games they've drawn, um, and obviously not one in five, so the form for Newcastle has been shocking. Uh, Brian obviously getting a good win in the last match, um, badly needed it against Southampton. So, do you think? Brighton will carry on this kind of little spark of life, maybe, or do you reckon that do you reckon that they may struggle against a Newcastle team like Newcastle? Obviously, being the bigger club as a whole, um, do you just think that they'll just find it within kind of themselves to to pull out a result here? I I think last week was massive for Brighton getting the the three points. Um, came out vital time for them. Being at home as well, I think yeah. I, I think Brighton are going to have too much for Newcastle. This, I, I said uh, Leeds and Fulham could be an exciting game with plenty of goals. I think this one could be a really, really boring game. I know <laughs> it, it, should, it should be a cracker, but like when they're in such an awkward position, both teams are going to want to shut up shop nearly, and they're not. neither of them are going to want to lose. So yeah. that, that just makes for a a bad game. Um, it's gonna, it's gonna be a game of chess, really, isn't it? Like, it's gonna be. Like, yeah, exactly. It's gonna be literally so. It's not gonna be counter attacking or anything like that. I don't. I think. I think they're gonna be too afraid to even counter attack. I think they're not gonna commit that many men forward. Like, the problem for Newcastle is Newcastle need to to start kind of getting points and and climbing up the table. <clears throat> Sorry. So for Newcastle, yeah, they should really be going on the attack and and trying to win the game. They need any every point they can get, but. I just think both teams are going to kind of sit off each other. Now, this game, if, if it gets an early goal, it can fucking, like, yeah. there could be fireworks, you know. If if Brighton get a goal early, Newcastle will have to come out and play, Um, especially if Fulham beat Leeds the, the day before. It's massive. It's a massive, yeah. uh, massive game for Newcastle. And to be honest, I think Newcastle have actually maybe shot themselves in the foot and... They should have got rid of Steve Bruce earlier. Definitely. Yeah. And so. now now they're in a position where they can't get rid of him. They're yeah. falling down the table. Like it's going from get rid of him and get the exam in, maybe. <laughs> they, <laughs> See they, they, do a there. they should have done something. Fulham, I know they stuck with Scott Parker, but they were down at the bottom anyway. They're, they they yeah. were expected to kind of be down there and they've stuck yeah. by the manager who's got them up. Newcastle, you'd expect Newcastle to be higher up in the table. And now that they haven't changed anything. They can only blame themselves, and it's yeah, it's starting to look bad for Newcastle. Yeah, just a quick one there. Ian just came back in there saying that Leeds were rumored to be looking at Allegri. Um, so he was actually he was actually the next one. He said he hopes uh, Bielsa stays, and Bielsa is sixty five. So 65. still a few years left when you consider yeah. some of the managers knocking around, Roy Hodgson and, and stuff Ferguson like that. And stuff, yeah, like Roy Hodgson, I think is fucking seventy two or something now at this stage. Like. It's yeah, yeah, no, he is. He's he's getting on in age as well. Um, Allegri will be a good a good manager. I yeah. I just think personally, uh, Bielsa is the is best who I'd be sticking with. If you're the owners of Leeds, I, I'd be sticking with Bielsa. Yeah. I don't think Definitely. I don't think it's more. It's down to the owners. I think it's in Bielsa's hand. I think they've probably just said to him, "Look, will you? We'll let you decide." I I think I think he chose to say stay that extra year there. I don't think it was a. An issue with contracts around it. I think that was just no, the, no, yeah. he wanted it's to stay. It's better now he wanted to to stay, yeah. yeah. And he's he's done what he had to do. He got them out of the championship after years and yeah. he's he's kind of made them competitive in the, the top league. Yeah. So there's there's no fear of them getting relegated. So 
he's done what he was brought in to do. And as you say, the, the Leeds owners will leave it up to him at the end of the day. It's going to be interesting looking at Leeds. Sorry, I know we're, we're on the Brighton and Newcastle match, but it is going to be interesting looking at Leeds if Bielsa does leave and how them players are so adapted to that style of play, how they'll adapt to, to another style with a different manager. Like So I think it'll really show how good and how bad certain players are. Like Because you can you can be bad, but you can make up for a quick work rate. But when you take the work rate, like needing that amount of work rate for the system, it then becomes yeah. like your talent that's going to get you through. And it, 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 might, it might not benefit some of them players. Yeah, like Rafinha be... now would be good. Like, but I don't, I don't see Rafinha being there next year, if I'm honest. I think he'll, yeah. he'll be snapped up by kind of a European uh, level team, if you like, in the, yeah, in the Premier yeah. League. I think he'll stay in the Premier League, but I think he'll be by one of the, the top teams. Yeah, and come here. So we're going back to Brighton and Newcastle. So, like score prediction on this, what are you thinking? Like, are you thinking this is a Brighton win, or do you think Newcastle now have kind of, like I said, may just just find that little bit of spark that they need to to kind of pull out a result here, knowing how big this this match is for them? Like, no, I think Brighton here. I am. Um, I think it'll be a cagey affair. Um, but. I do. I think Brighton might get just get an early goal, which is going to cause Newcastle to have to come out and play a different um, to to adjust their tactics, I suppose, uh, before or yeah, adjust their tactics to to what they had planned on doing, um, and then Brighton will just open up, and I think Brighton will win comfortably here. Um, and I also, do you know what? I actually, I want, I do want Brighton to to stay up. If I'm being yeah. honest, would you would you like friend. to see Newcastle go down? Um. I don't like. I don't hate Newcastle. I think Newcastle are a good team to have in the league because they're such a massive club and a massive stadium as well. Um, but out of the three, Fulham, Newcastle, and Brighton, I've I've actually I predicted Brighton to go down um, at the start of the season. But Graham Potter plays some unbelievable football. It's real enjoyable to watch and what he's trying to do at the club. So yeah, I'd like to see Brighton stay up. I, I don't know who I... I can't remember who I predicted to go down. I think West Brom... I don't know. I can't, I can't remember. I can't remember. Anyway. Uh, give us a score prediction on this one. Anyway, man. I'm going to go 2-0 to Brighton. Um, and I will go... Uh, Neil Mopey. Mopey. Right, so I'm going to go with a Brighton win on this one as well. I think I, I just... Yeah... I just think it's going to be a low-scoring game, and I think it's going to be um, maybe a one-nil win for Brighton. And I reckon because Trossard scored in the last game, I think he might continue that little bit of form into the next game. So I'm going to go with a one-nil win for Brighton, and I'm going to say Trossard to score. Uh, we move on to the next one. So Arturo of the fourth one, Arturo of the four games. So Sunday at three o'clock, West Ham versus Arsenal. 15 to 8 for West Ham, 12 to 5 for the draw, and 7 to 5 for Arsenal. Did you watch any of Arsenal tonight? My <laughs> God, they are absolutely shocking. Like No, I didn't. I did I, I seen probably the last five minutes of what I turned it on. Um so and they bad. missed in that in that five minutes, they missed two great opportunities as well. Um like like there was I, I was just I was just watching because I had them in play, I had them to draw. And Odegaard, I actually think he's very good. Like he's actually, he looks really classy on the ball, and he's very good. Like, but he, the ball fell to him, and it kind of hopped up as he shot. And I'm not even joking; I wouldn't even be surprised if it went out of the fucking stadium. He absolutely skied the thing; like it was embarrassing. It was. 
And then Pepe had about 10 chances. And then fucking Aubameyang goes one-on-one -on -one and misses, hits a wide. Like, I was just like, it was so fucking poor they were. Like, it was really, really embarrassing. Like, so... Probably. I'm it's not probably sure a thing of having it. They they had the comfort of the first leg being three one up. Yes, I suppose if you if you have that comfort and they they had away goals like they were three away goals, so you probably would let the like let the foot off the gas a little bit. But as you say, like some of the chances obviously that they've missed yeah. were were it's serious. Yeah, like as a, as a striker, you want to be just putting away them chances. Like you, yeah, you don't want to miss any regardless off, regardless of the first leg being three one. Like but. Yeah, fucking embarrassing some of the some of the chances. So, uh, fifteen to eight for West Ham against a like I said, a poor but Arsenal team isn't a bad price. Um, West Ham obviously sitting pretty in the table at the moment with Moyes playing pretty well or doing pretty well. So, um, like fifth position, do you reckon? I, I honestly don't think they're going to be getting anywhere near top four. Although they're like they win the next game, they pretty much go level on points to Chelsea. I still don't think they're they're going to get near. Um, do you think that, or do you think they may have a little bit of a chance? I the way the top four is, I suppose that's that's what it's likely to be at the end of the season. But West Ham against Arsenal um, at home as well. It's yeah, I don't know. I, I am leaning towards West Ham for this game. Um, they just barely got beaten by by United as well uh, last week. I think it was. Yeah. But oh, yeah, no, I think they could uh, they could beat but, Arsenal here. Obviously, Arsenal coming off the good win against Spurs, um, and look in the league, they are on the last three games. They've they've won two and drawn one. Like so, like not not terrible form for Arsenal. Like, are you surprised they're sitting in tenth? Not really, because Arsenal are Arsenal. They, I don't like. Aubameyang, to be honest, he's he's got a new contract and he he set himself up there perfectly because he's past the, his prime. Like he's got himself the best contract. That's that's the best contract he's going to get, and he's got yeah. got himself the contract, so he's comfortable there. Mm. Arsenal don't have much talent. Yeah, they've got Odegaard, who is a talented player, um, and yeah. then they have Martinelli, who's back, and he he actually looked really good when he came on tonight as well. He's a good player. Um, but no, like, but like they have potential, like the likes of like Pepe, I think is not a bad player. Like given given a bit of time and form, like he, he actually is a pretty good player. Um, the likes of Saka there, I think is is really good. Um, yeah, but, and the likes of like, Martin, like they don't gel together. Like I don't know, it's it's Arsenal, and like, I don't know if you can consider Arsenal a a top team anymore. Um, I, that's that's where I see Arsenal now is kind of like. Eighth, ninth, tenth position every year. Yeah, um, like something major has to change, and they need they need to get in top top players who are still that can give them like six or seven years of their best kind of form. But those players don't go to Arsenal anymore. They they don't look at Arsenal as being a top team. They go to the the Champions League teams. Yeah. So Arsenal are in a, a position where, like. I don't know Liverpool United were for a couple of years. Like they're not, they're not going to sign the top player. But they always had that stature. Liverpool and Man United always had that stature of the club behind them. Whereas Arsenal are a little bit of a fucking plastic club, not plastic club, but like they were never really had that backbone or structure or something like that. And like I know with Wenger and all, he was there for years and they did challenge for the league for years. But them days are well and truly gone. Like and like, like does that you know you build up the reputation for a club like and, and one of the biggest clubs in the world. 
Arsenal aren't, aren't really at that level. Like, no, like it, it shows you how how good of a job Wenger done at that club. Yeah, because the managers that have gone in there now, like there were some some big name managers that went in there, and normally you can look at a, a manager when they go into a club and it's like right, he will attract some players because of his name. Arsenal just don't have that, as you said, they don't have the history behind them. They don't have the the kind of big stature. They've always been considered a top, like in the top six clubs in England. I think that's gonna yeah. just drift away and. They're not, they're not going to get in the players that they need to get them back into that kind of Champions League level. And I I don't think Arteta is the man either, but I don't know who is the man for, for Arsenal because no matter yeah. who goes in, I don't think they're going to do what they needed to do, what they need to do to get them back into the kind of the title hunt or even Champions League, European football. It's, yeah. I don't, it's I gonna don't be. It's gonna be. It is gonna be tough for them. And like, again, like it's like you were saying there. You don't know who the right man is for the job. But, but like Arteta, I don't know. I don't like him. I don't like him as a person for some reason. I don't know why. Everybody, every time I say I don't like him, everybody's like, "How can you not like him?" I, like, I just, I just cannot. He's a fucking arrogant prick. So I, I, I just can't take him. But um, like he has been learning under Pep, and Pep really talks highly of him. So in terms yeah, of like, it, tactics and stuff, he said like Pep seems to rate him like, which is. Like let's be honest, it's it's the majority of the games like their tactics like but you just didn't see if you do that or something for me like. But it's the difference as well. Like he was great at City, and he, um as you said, Pep loved him at City. But the players that he was dealing with at City, you could tell them anything, and they'll go out and they're still going to win a game of football for you. Like yeah. you can you can have De Bruyne playing at right back, and Man City are going to win you a, a yeah. game of football. It doesn't matter. Arsenal don't have that standard of player. And Arteta is being found out now at this club. Look, he is. He's new to the management side of it. So he's still learning on the job, like every new manager is learning. But I suppose for you, being a Chelsea fan, you've seen Lampard come in there and he's he's got sacked after doing a better job at Chelsea yeah. than what Arteta is doing at Arsenal. And I don't know if that's because the board are kind of being more patient and Chelsea weren't or like what, you, it is. what what do you yeah what what do you think about that That's because what it is. has them yeah look I, I think Chelsea are a different culture with, with their board and stuff like that they're they're a sack they're a, a sack the manager and fucking ask questions later like do you know what I mean and then figure it out like I don't think Arsenal are really like that look they've always had that kind of structure with the likes of Wenger there after after kind of 20 years or whatever he was there 22 years 25 years whatever it was and they all to me they always seem like they they strive to get that again like they had they had emery there you know emery look it didn't really work out um it's just a foreign manager coming across and it's it's a little bit different because he's not like arsenal through and through whereas arteta will be now look obviously it happened at chelsea where chelsea where lampard got sacked for a string of bad results, but that's just down to the owners. I think I don't think like I, I think Arsenal board are probably looking at this going like this is maybe a project for the next five or ten years because they're they're always about kind of selling on players, making players better, and making profits, and they're always about business. Like Roman Abramovich doesn't care. Like he, he has money to burn. He'll he'll get manager in for a fucking fifteen million contract and he'll sack him tomorrow because they're yeah. not getting the results. Like he just literally wants trophies. Like, he, he's not worried about the. The structure of the club around that he wants success and he wants it now he wants it yesterday he does so that's yeah. why i think the difference is there 
between Arsenal and Chelsea is that Arsenal are willing to sacrifice that time for this for the sake of the club in the future, maybe. And I think Arteta is potentially someone that could do it for the future, but I just don't know. Like me personally, I, I don't see it. I just like Aubameyang's coming to the end. I know like he signed a new contract now, but like to me, looking at him tonight, I know they were through and all. He didn't give, give a fuck. Like he, he didn't really look like he gave a shit. Like, and then there's a couple of other players, like Louise and stuff like that. Like William went there because to me, it just seemed like he didn't want to leave London and he got a nice little contract with them. And he's just there to like finish out the rest of his fucking contract yeah, career. It's, it's like, uh, William and Aubameyang, you're like what you've said there. They've got the that's the the best contract they're gonna get now until they retire. And Arsenal yeah. have given it to them, so they're comfortable there. But I, I do I understand it and I get it that Arsenal are like it's it's the right thing to do is have some patience <laughs> and put some time into Arteta and let him try build a squad. If he yeah. can get that young squad that he can develop and they can start challenging. It's exactly what happened at United. For years after Fergie left, they went through managers and it was kind of like, right, get them in. They're not doing the job. Get rid of them. They're finally, they started to trust in Solskjaer. And after a bit of time, he's kind of brought in one or two players. He started to kind of develop the youngsters. And now he's kind of, like he's challenging again. United are challenging for leagues again, which is what they needed but that's down to United kind of trusting in Southgate and, and giving a bit of time when the, the hard times came about Yeah, it, it, it didn't really matter they they stuck by him Arsenal are, are trying to do that I just don't know whether Arteta is is the man it'll be interesting yeah, it'll no. be interesting to see it's, it's going to have to take another probably two years for him to get a couple like he needs another three or four transfer windows and he needs the backing from Arsenal's board with money yeah, I just I don't know if um I don't know if they're really gonna gonna back them with that amount of money. Are they like are they, are they going to invest? Well, if if they have a project and if they have something in place where they want him to develop players and and they want him to build a squad that can compete, they have to like if if they want him to succeed, they have to back them. Yeah, simple simple as that. If if Arsenal want to get back challenging for things, they need to back the manager that's there. And if if it's a young manager that they're putting their trust in, well, then there's no point in having them if you're not going to back them. Yeah. And do you think that like they're going to get this youth coming up through the through the ranks, or do you think this is going to have to be like a, a a purchase from one of the Scandinavian countries or something like that? A young seventeen year old, eighteen year old. Like, are they going to like because they're investing the time in um, <clears throat> Arteta? Are they going to invest the time in a youngster like that? Or are they going to Troy Boy, someone that's established, an established, good youngster. It's because like, again, we're, we're talking about no money being available, but like you have to make sure your youth system is fine. Then, like, it's it's yeah, it, it's a bit of both. You need like they need a good centre half, like like most teams. You need a good centre half. You need a good goalkeeper behind that centre half, and then build a good spine through the team. Like have a have your a midfielder and a good striker as well. So. They do. Arsenal have always had kind of good youth players, um, and I think I think they can build the youth. There's as you see, your man Smith Rowe that's come through as well. He looks like a good player. Uh, Saka as well. Um, Saka's very good. Like they they do have talent there. Odegaard, Tierney, uh, Bellerin. It's they need a couple of of 
quality signings and then along with the youth it's a good mixture and they could they could build something um but i do think it'll take a couple of years before you see arsenal kind of back at that level yeah, yeah. I, I i just i find a struggle to see how long like it's it's gonna be I, i'm talking even just champions league football at this stage like i, I think they're gonna be waiting another five years at least for it before they're getting anywhere near it like um, yeah, when you look at the likes of like west ham there and everything coming up and and the talent that they've got there compared to even arsenal now like is it is it gonna be a case where arsenal are gonna say hold on a fucking minute like we're the bigger club here are we gonna go and buy some of these players from that them type of teams like is it are you gonna jump in suchek maybe right sign him are we gonna go and get fucking um Calvert Leon could be a, a potential kind of target for them. Like, yeah, but it's, like, it's, it's kind of like if you're a, if you're a player at the likes of Everton and, and West Ham and stuff. Normally, a step up is is Arsenal for you. But when you look at Arsenal now, that's it's almost like a step down for players. Yeah, it's not. It's like, not it, the same Arsenal, video, Arsenal, they never used to have to convince kind of players, but they had they had top players there that. That was your convincing. You're in London. That's always a major factor. You've got top players playing at Arsenal. I'll go there for a few years. But now you look at them and it's like, no, Arsenal are not going to be successful for another five or six years, if that. So you're looking at being at everything and you think, no, I'll stay here. Yeah, you're you're, you're working with one of the best managers in the world in Ancelotti and you're looking at the talent around you. All you have to hope for there is that everybody else stays and doesn't leave because... once you kind of you, you lose one of your top players, then it could be kind of a domino effect, like, Definitely. and you may struggle. Now look at with kind of kind of happened with Leicester, but at the same time they re, rebuilt and replaced really quickly. Like with the likes of Kante yeah. gone, they brought Ndidi in. Was he was kind of in and out of the team then? And he pretty much done a good job with them. Like, and then there was a couple of others, but like they like the likes of Drinkwater, who was. Fucking, Sitting in fucking Chelsea's reserves bench at the moment, yeah, nowhere but nowhere like, to be seen, yeah. Yeah, but like they've they've always kind of rebuilt and and done well. But Arsenal just fuck, I don't know what it is. Like I'd love to, I'd love to see Arsenal TV now tonight after that performance. Although they're true, I just I'd say they're absolutely fucking slating them. The one the one question I have for you, Collie, right, is you look at the league table and you look at everything, um, like Southampton were up there, West Ham are up there now. Do you do you think the no fans in stadium has has had a massive impact on these like kind of smaller teams, if you like, um, producing better performances, <clears throat> or like it's it's such a weird season? Do you yeah. think the fans not being in stadiums has had a, a negative impact on some teams? And a- oh, definitely, yeah. I think I think on some teams, hundred um, percent. The reason I say that is because. It can be a motivator for a lot of players, like, and I think even if, like, for a team in general, if if the team has been playing shit, like, just say for Arsenal, for instance, like, there's no way that they would not have been booing at the end of some of them games, and that would be yeah. playing on players' minds, and you're like, right, gonna fuck a prove a point here. Everybody hates us at the moment. I want to be that one guy that that that's working his bollocks off, that's putting in the effort, that's the fans are gonna love. Yeah. And I definitely think that there's there's definitely different things that play play a factor with the fans being there um I, I don't think they get cut as much slack as now now they're kind of getting away with it like and not well, much like, is being you, said if you look at everything for an example for example like at the start of the season when there was fans there 
they were getting on on top of everything and they were getting on top of Ancelotti and things were looking bleak for them. And then all of a sudden the fans aren't in the stadium and everything are absolutely flying at the minute. Same with West Ham. When, When West Ham had fans, if they had a bad performance or if they had a bad games, like the fans were on top of the players yeah. and the, the fans were on top of the manager and the manager was getting kind of slack. And yeah, I think it's had a massive impact. And for me, being a Liverpool fan, I think it's had a negative impact as well on, on Liverpool. Yeah, definitely. Where it's because they've always kind of been the fans backing them and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But for some teams, it's been major for them. Like looking yeah. at everything and West Ham, and I think it's a it's a blessing in the skies for, and they probably want fans not to come back into the stadium yeah. for the rest of the season. Like, yeah. yeah, definitely. It's it's an interesting one with Chelsea though. Like I know obviously going back going to Chelsea, but with Lampard being there, to I, like I really would have been surprised if they sacked Lampard while the Chelsea fans were in the stadium. Like because no doubt when the results weren't gone bad, they would have been singing his name hundred percent after every game. So. It but would have been harder for them to, to, to kind of make that decision. Like it's the it's the same for as you said, for Chelsea and, and Liverpool. Like the the Chelsea fans being in the stadium there when Lampard was in charge, them themselves would have dragged a, a few performances out of players. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. By by the fucking the chanting and all this kind of stuff. They'd have he'd have won more games, I think, with fans in the stadium. Whereas when you're when you're Kind of like down and out, and you need like a bit of motivation. Know, don't and... be calling them a down and out. Just <laughs> well, in a little bit there. When, right? when you, uh... you know, Frank Lampard, leave him alone a bit. Hey, he's a terrible. He's a terrible manager in France. But don't say it. When you're looking for motivation and you like look for the fans to start singing a few songs or whatever, and the stadiums are absolutely empty. Sing a few songs. It's Chelsea. <laughs> Chelsea. <laughs> It's the only song Chelsea have, but it seems to help them. Yeah, I just, I just think like for some teams it's been major in a positive way, and then for other teams it's, it's had a massive negative effect. Yeah, I think for the teams that are kind of like you were saying, like the likes of the Everton's and West Ham's and stuff like that, where they're kind of borderline a good club and a good team, like they're getting cut a little bit more slack because. Definitely. There's nobody on their back, and they're and they're yeah. kind of able to concentrate a bit more on it. Like maybe like it's maybe the manager is able to get his point across a bit better with 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 no fans there as well. Like, well, you'll you'll see it next season with if fans are allowed back in the stadium, you'll see if these teams continue to stay up around the top part of the table, or if West Ham are back down mid table or bottom half of the table. Yeah. You'll see the difference in the fans and and how they get on managers' backs and. Yeah, well, it would definitely be interesting. Sorry, just a quick one then. Um, it's 1-0 to United against AC Milan just in the Europa there. So, um, Paul Pogba scored in the 48 minutes. So, just a quick update for anyone that's watching. Uh, there was a nice yes. little double there today on that, sorry, um, for Cheltenham. There was, um, was it called Main, the horse? Main, yeah, got lost. For, for Main, did it? Yeah, lost. Oh, well, then never mind. Oh, 11. Absolute shambles. I was actually watching that. And it was fucking like your man wasn't even trying to win with like like not win for me and like it was he was literally fucking up challenging for force now I don't know a lot about horses so uh, he was challenging for four spot and then your man just kind of like trotted along you know you'd hate to see them giving him a few fucking lashes like yeah, yeah just yeah. fucking didn't even take the whip out like you know I, mean? I was like fucking give him a knew whip it was gone oh it was ridiculous it was I was like right that's me done for Cheltenham now fucking finished. The- 
the double was that horse to win and United to beat AC Milan. I, for some reason, I thought that horse had won and I was going to do it. It was 11 to 1. I was like, that's decent enough. That's actually not a bad price here. I'm not sure if um, I'm happy. It's a good result. Or, well, 1 0 against AC. Like, that's, that's still, knocking a big team out of Europa League. Like, you know, still the 56th minute now. Now, I, I won't lie, I've done a bet, right? I've done a trio or a bet here just while, just to be watching while we're doing this. Um, I done Rangers to be Slavia Prague. They're losing one nil. I done. I actually done Ajax and Young Boys to draw at three to one. But Ajax are winning two nil. But I'm kind of happy at the same time that Ajax are winning because Paddy is doing a five to a thousand challenge or ten to a thousand, whatever it is. And he won. I think. I think he's up to about fifty or sixty euro. But you put it all on Ajax to win. So oh, that's right. coming. Yeah. So that's coming in now. So. It'll be interesting to see what he has for us next week when he comes back. But um, yeah, so I'm happy enough actually to to fucking to lose that bet, lose me three euro for the sake of Paddy winning. Is, uh, <laughs> That's the furthest I think any one. of us have ever got. Yeah, I know. Yeah, but uh, yeah. So West Ham and Arsenal and then score picks. How do you think this? For for one, how do you think this game is actually going to go? Like, yeah, I don't, I don't think it'd be a great game to watch. Um, you know, super, super. No, it's not a great Ooh. Super Sunday. I think it might be um, a good game though. No, 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 I don't. I don't think so. I think <laughs> I'm gonna go four three. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now, do you know? I'm actually gonna. I'm gonna go one all. Um, I was kind of convincing myself that West Ham were gonna beat Arsenal, but yeah. I'm gonna go one all. I think it'll be a bit boring. I think you're right on the draw. Um, but I think there'll be more goals because I think. Both of them can be kind of laps at the back, like so. I'm actually going two all. So I think there'll be a few goals. But who are you going for a goal scorer? Um, I'm gonna go Suchek. Oh yeah, from the corner. I'm gonna go with. See, I could go either way on like. I'm gonna say Bowen. He's not suspended, is he? Oh, no one's gone. Um, I'll continue on with this anyway. Man's obviously clicked out. Uh, so we're going on to the next one, which is Villa versus Spurs. So half seven on Sunday. Villa are twenty-one to ten. Um, oh, nice to return. No Twelve. To f- did you just click out of, out of the screen? <laughs> no idea what happened. I went to click on the comments and then it just. Kicked me out. <laughs> uh, so yeah, sorry, we we're just saying we we're moving on there. So uh, Villa twenty-one to ten. The draw is twelve to five, and Spurs are five to four. So this game wasn't supposed to be played. It was uh, Villa and, or sorry, yeah, Villa and Leeds. Was it that got cancelled or something? Uh, Spurs and Southampton got cancelled for the for Saturday. Right. So they've decided to play this one, which is fucking mind-boggling to me that they can just keep plotting fucking matches in like because you don't really have that much time to prepare them um villa look obviously very hit and miss this season um sitting in ninth position last two games have been a draw and a loss sorry that's three games but um sitting in ninth 41 points four points behind spores with game in hand do you see villa getting any higher than that this season or do you think this has been a bit of a kind of Lucky season, maybe or not, not not so much lucky, but I probably wouldn't have expected them even up that high. I probably would have expected thirteen to fourteen, maybe at this stage. Like, yeah, it's it's a massive turnaround from last year when they they be um, relegation on the last day of the season. So for the work that they've done to get top half of the table this season is is massive. Um, 
But yeah, like again, it's probably another team who's benefited from no fans being in the stadium, getting on the backs and got no fans. Um, so yeah, and I think with their their recent dip, they've been they've missed Grealish for the last couple of games as well, haven't yeah. they? So yeah. it's uh, like it shows how big of an impact he has on the team. But yeah, like this this is a this game it definitely can go either way because Spurs on the other hand. Like, I've no idea what's going on with them. They've just been knocked out of Europa League, having a 2 0 aggregate lead, and they got beaten 3 0 after extra time tonight by Dynamo Zagreb, whose manager just left them because he went to prison. <laughs> so, like, it's absolutely hilarious. Isn't it? They got they got beaten by a team whose manager is managing them by prison or from prison. Oh, like, fuck's sake. that is absolutely comical. Um, I, the, the one question, Collie, I had for you was it's around spurs and it's do you think Mourinho's time is up at spurs it was it was a better question when they didn't get beaten tonight because it's more kind of leaning towards yes i think now but do you like um, do you think i don't you, think his time is up like i i still think because look i'm always kind of gonna try back Mourinho as much as i can just because a little bit of an allegiance to him with chelsea but um I think at the moment now the way he has the team playing is very confusing. Um, I don't really know what Spurs are about. I don't know whether they're trying to be a counter-attacking team or are they trying to actually just press high because there's times when I watch them and they're pressing very, very high and then there's times I watch them where they sit a little bit deeper. Kane drops into the, nearly the midfield to get the ball and then they kind of just go and attack. So I, I'm very confused about their tactics. Um I know Mourinho didn't want to be just labelled as kind of the park the bus merchant and wanted to have a little bit of flair about the team, but um, Bale coming into a bit of form with the likes of Son and Kane there, I think if you get the three of them firing, I think they're they're one of the best three kind of attacking players that you're going to get in the league and maybe even Europe. Like um, Bale has been doing very well lately, so um be interesting to see. I, I don't know, but like in terms of time left with Mourinho, again... What's he? Is he is it second? He's only in the second year, isn't it? Uh, second or third? I'm not sure. No, second. Yeah, Pochettino yeah, not gone that long. Yeah. See, so yeah, this is where like you get some Mourinho where stuff becomes a bit stale, and I don't know whether he just loses the dressing room or he gets fed up and he doesn't put in the effort or something like that. But you're getting to that little stage with Mourinho where he'd usually have a trophy by now, and to me, it just seemed like he he took that job because it was in London. And that was that was the main thing I thought he took that for. But do you not think he's he's massively underachieving with the the squad? That like as you said, the front three alone, yeah, are are one of the top in Europe on their day, um, if not the world. Like, do you not think? For me, I I think it's like Mourinho has failed to adapt to the new way of playing football. Like, yeah, you look at at City, like now Chelsea with under two Liverpool, like they they have a different way of playing football. And Mourinho is still trying to, like, get across his way of playing football from his time at Chelsea or his time at United. It hasn't worked for, for how many years with the clubs that he's gone on to since Chelsea. Yeah, different like, players. Like, I think he needs... he the, For his system to really work, he needs solid defence. And if he doesn't have a solid defence where the defence can get him out of a hole, he, he struggles a bit, I think, like, and... I just think that Mourinho's or sorry, Spurs defense is not great like at the moment. 
And like, like but you, you kind of see the thing about Guardiola, like so many fans come out and say, oh, he wouldn't be a top manager if he didn't have all the money in the world and all the top players. Every every team he's gone to has had the top players. Do you think that's the case with Mourinho? Like, no, maybe I, I think that's bollocks. I think it's bollocks that like you can spend and just buy a world-class team because Chelsea, Lampard tried to do it by buying Werner, by buying Havertz, by buying fucking everybody under the sun and, and Lampard struggled. So that goes to show that you can spend as much money as you want and if you can't get them playing together as a unit and your tactics don't suit them players, that it doesn't really matter how much you have. I just think Pep is brilliant at tactically getting his, his methods and his, his way of playing across to a player. Like, like as you said earlier there, De Bruyne playing right back and it still win. Like, every single, like they've been without Aguero, who's been one of their best players over the last fucking 10 years with them. Like, and he hasn't been around and they're still not lacking goals. Like, their wingers That's... are chipping in big time and all of them. Even when De Bruyne played up centre, he played centre forward. And I think yeah. he scored or he assisted. And then I think the next week they played Mares up front and Mares scored as well. So whatever he's doing around it, so like from the midfield to the to the to the two wingers, is just it's genius. Like and, and like we all knew that at Bayern Munich, Pep's tactic was attack down one side, overload it, and then bang, switch it down the other side. It's one v one, and your man goes in, and you can you can play the ball across. It doesn't look like he's doing that at City. He just looks like he's just finding these gaps and he knows the talented players and he can pick out that pass. Like I don't know. He's just he's just a different different level, I think, than everyone else. Like I don't I don't I don't think it's a, a case where he's just spent so much money and he's got the best players in the world. Like I think he's made sterling what he is. I, I'm just of the opinion that Mourinho, for example, I think Mourinho needs money and he needs top players like he, he done at Chelsea, he like Abramovich, he had all all Abramovich's money. He bought in top class players. Yeah, like his his tactics were great and he he made them top players gel and he won trophies with them top players. But then when you go to United and he didn't have so much money, or yeah. he goes to Spurs now, he has some decent players, but he has a ropey kind of defense and stuff. It's like I, I just feel Mourinho needs the best players and as much money as possible. And then he can work his tactics around that then. That's fine. But when he yeah. has an it kind of it's mad to call Spurs an average team because of the players that they have at their disposal. Yeah. It's it's so weird. Like but they're players obviously that don't suit Mourinho's style of football and he's struggling massively with it. I just think like the likes of not having Deli Ali there. I, th- I think see, I think he can be too headstrong sometimes. Where like, that's, yeah, that's by choice. He doesn't. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. And it's it is his downfall because like even if you look at the likes of Chelsea and stuff like that, he got rid of like Juan Mata and stuff like and like Mata was the best player at Chelsea for three years. Like I think he won the Player of the Year for three years, and then all of a sudden sells him to United. Like and then yeah. all of a sudden he's United manager and he's playing them. Like do you know what I mean? And he played pretty well under uh, Mourinho at United. So. He is, it is like, and like, I'm going to go back again even further where Kevin De Bruyne was at Chelsea, Mo Salah was at Chelsea, Lukaku was at Chelsea, and Mourinho had a say in pretty much selling all them players. Like, so yeah. it is a thing where, like, I don't think Mourinho for developing a player is, and that's why I think the massive difference between Mourinho and Pep is that Pep can get a player and completely transform them into a, into a different player. Like, that's what I think he's done with Sterling. Uh, Bernardo Silva, for one, has, is fucking different class on his day um i just think yeah i just think Mourinho 
sometimes he does struggle, but he's he's kind of the biggest, his biggest, he's his own biggest enemy to be honest with you. Like, yeah, I I just think for what what he has at Spurs, I think they're massively underachieving, and the fact now that like Europa League was their best chance of um, a trophy. Yeah. In in years and they're after being beaten when they should they should never have been beaten there, three nil. Nope. Um, and and now they're out of out of Europe. It's it's insane and I don't know. Like Daniel if Lady won't stick for that either. Like no, like, uh, he he definitely You like got rid of Poch quick enough. Like he's, he'll he'll fucking he'll pull the trigger on that. Like, and I think that's that's the thing. He either waits till the end of the season, let Mourinho go, or he. If results don't go his way at the weekend, do we see Mourinho kind of heading out the door? Like, yeah, I don't think Mourinho, I think Mourinho won't leave himself because he knows he's not going to get the pay. No, as in, I, do you think I, as in, Levy will sack him if the results, if he doesn't get a result or they get yeah. beaten here on Sunday, does Mourinho go? I don't, I don't know if it's so much now because if you look at their their recent fixtures or their recent uh, performances in the league, they haven't been as bad. Like the, in the last four games, they've won three and lost one. Like so, mm. in terms of like in the league, they're like a lot are sitting in eighth position. Like they are only six points behind Chelsea, so there is a glimmer of hope there. It's not completely buried. Like yeah, um, and teams have been dropping a lot of points, so. If they can, and they've got a game in hand as well. Sorry, so we're really, really realistically, it's actually four points. Um, yeah. so look, at, it's not, it's not all a whole gloss for them, but it's definitely not where they want to be sitting in eighth position with that team. Is it's, it's, it's not acceptable. Yeah, it's not acceptable, and I don't, like I said, I don't think uh, Levy will would stick it much, much longer. Like, um, yeah, where do you think this is going then the weekend? Yeah, it's gonna be an interesting one. Like I would be surprised. Five to four for Tottenham um is not a bad price for them, considering like look, they're after they're after fucking that up big time tonight. Um Reno won't he'll come out now and I like I don't know I don't know if he's had his interview or whatever, but he'll come out and select the players. He he won't sit back on that and he'll look for a reaction. Um, that's that's the other thing. Like they were they were winning beating Arsenal. Last weekend and ended up getting beaten two or two one, and he came yeah. out and he blamed the players, saying that the big players hid. So it will it'll be very interesting to see what he says tonight. See, that's why that's why I think he's he's his own biggest enemy because there's certain teams like the likes of Kane and stuff sitting in there. Like he, if he if he doesn't react well to that, he'll probably just go to fucking Daniel Levy and say, "Here, what's the fucking story? The boys aren't happy." Like and yeah. Maybe he'll pull the trigger like so. He needs to be careful how often he's publicly slating them because he does it quite regularly. Like that's that's where I think he can he can get himself uh, sacked. Maybe if he if he comes out and slates the players again, and then they stop playing for him, yeah. and Villa come up with a result, like you could see Mourinho walking out the door or kind of like being kicked out the door yeah. after being fucking pushed on, out on Monday. You know. Um, yeah. So what score yeah. do, you, do you reckon on this one? I am going to go. I'm going to go Villa for this one. I just right. think they're going to pile the misery on on Spurs. Um, and I'll go. I'll John go one nil Villa. We haven't mentioned John Terry yet. Yeah, we don't need to. Just, I just want them to know that I love him. If he's listening to this. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so you're going one nil Villa, and who are you saying to score? I am going to go with El Ghazi. Oh, 
Oh, interesting. I'm gonna go with a, a Spurs win on this one. I just, I, I think they might react better to this, like them, because look, they're they're out of Europe now. They have to concentrate on this, like you know what I mean. This, this is their, this is their way into the Champions League. There's no other way to it now. Like, um, they have to finish fourth. So, although I'm just thinking now, so if City were to win the Champions League, do, do we get a fifth position? So there you go. So so they could potentially be playing for a fifth position, which may give them Champions League football. So that's why I think this is going to be a bounce back from Spurs, and they're going to doesn't win matter because Liverpool are going to win Champions League, and <laughs> we'll be back. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not even joking, right? And we haven't really lined this up to talk about, it, but the, the Champions League draw. I genuinely hope Chelsea get Liverpool. And I'm not even just saying that. I really think we're fucking hammies. Yeah, um, Chelsea, to be honest, Chelsea are the team at the moment that I don't want to get in the Champions League because yeah, I don't think anyone does. No, I think Tuchel has them playing unbelievable. Not that he's playing unbelievable football, but he just has them hard to beat. Oh, no, they're un- it is unbelievable football. Like, sexy football. It's, it's good football, like, and, and Frank Lampard couldn't bring that to the team, but. Tuchel has brought it and he's he's actually shored up the defence as well. Another thing Lampard couldn't do. Um so yeah, I don't think I like I don't think I would like to get Chelsea. Liverpool are sitting in sixth position this year. Um <laughs> just, just gotta throw a couple of facts there that um all right, they had, they had a lot of uh, facts uh, they had a lot of uh, Anfield losses. Um in fact, six in a row, was it? It's why I brought up the whole fan thing, so I could make an excuse. So that's the uh, the worst since the club started, isn't it? But Frank under, Lampard under got your sacked. reigning supreme leader, Mr. Jurgen Klopp. Lampard got sacked. It doesn't matter. Like, I mean, it doesn't matter. It's killing you inside. Who cares? Who cares? Uh, are you right, happy so, that Tuchel is doing so well? Or are you a bit no, sick that Lampard couldn't yeah, yeah. do well, I'm obviously, obviously happy. I'm a little bit gutted that the players have come out and start really playing for him. Um, but because he's been, he's given them proper tactics and he knows what he's talking about. I'm going to move on from this man because they're right annoying me now. Um, What's your uh, score prediction? Two one, two one to Spurs, and I think Gareth Bale will come up with the with the goods again. Um, just a comment on Facebook there, Patrick Coleman, my dad. Uh, Kane oh, for City. There we go. Kane for Man City, he reckons. And I, there is big kind of talk about this. It's if if Spurs don't get Champions League, do they lose Kane? Like Kane I don't know. Like he's, he's a fucking, he's a pure May Fainer and he's all about himself. And if he's not winning stuff, it'll, he thinks it's bad on him. So he's going to want to go to one of the best, which is City. But do you, do you think, like Kane had an opportunity to go to United a couple of years ago and he kind of st- stuck it out at Spurs because... Pochettino was there, they were doing well. Do you think that kind of um like that time for him to move to a big club is gone? Do you not think no, he's no? no, he's he's quality. Like of all this kind, he's probably 26 or so, is he? No, he's old, he's older than that, I think. Is he? Anyway, look, he he's he seems to be in the prime. Like he look, he, you have to remember as well, Kane's coming back off a massive injury. Um, and he's still still scoring goals and he's still always a threat. And if you if you put him into that city team, um, the amount of chances he'll get is ridiculous. And he only needs one or two good chances, like and he'll he'll score a couple. Like, yeah, I suppose Aguero is is kind of gone. Um, yeah, and Jesus season. is just a little bit 
probably shy of being as good. Like, you know what I mean? It's, he's, he's very hit and miss. Like, if you look at at strikers, I know, I know Paddy said like Kane to City, but if you have the option of buying a 20, 20 year old Haaland or a, oh, yeah. I just checked 27 year old Harry Kane. Like who are you going for? I said twenty six. Yeah, I, I, I don't know what I thought he was a lot older than that. No, um, like still who who are you going for? Are you going for Haaland or are you going to go for Kane? Like, well, look, yeah. The only thing, the only argument that you could put up against is is experience in the league. So Kane is experienced in that league. He's proven it in the league. So you know what you're getting with Kane. You're getting goals. Um, with Haaland, he still has a bit to prove. He's a fucking beast, and the chap seems to be unbelievable. You're guaranteed goals with Haaland, and you're you're getting a 20-year-old who's giving you another 10 years at the top. Oh, how much is he going to cost in comparison to Kane? I, I think Haaland might be actually more expensive. Wait, wait. I know it's not an issue. It's not six, an issue. 60 million next year. Like 60 million. When his con- or He has a clause for next summer where clubs can buy him for like 60 million. 60 million, I like... For him, really that's feel like a that. joke. I really feel like Dortmund need to sort that fucking contract out, like because, like, give him say to them here, we will give you a million a week, and then we'll sell it in the summer, like just so he signs that contract, get three hundred. Well, like goals. he he can either Dortmund can either let him say to clubs, right, we're gonna let him go this season, but you're paying ninety million for him or whatever it is, or clubs say no, we'll wait till next year, let him have another year at Dortmund to score more goals. Yeah, and improve himself even more, and then we just snap him up for sixty million, which is an absolute bargain. But he's not guaranteed to go there, so that's why City might have to pull the trigger on that and make a fucking outrageous bid to get him. Like, but look, yeah. I, I do think Kane is a good option for City. Like, you know what I mean? If like, I like, I'd be happy with either. To be honest with you, I I think if Kane goes anywhere, he goes to United. He goes to the other side of Manchester, and that's where City will then kind of strike back and they'll sign a fucking uh, Haaland or a Mbappe or something. They'll, like, they'll make a big signing. Um, yeah. But it depends like on where Haaland wants to go. But I think Kane, if he's to go anywhere, it's probably going to be United. Yeah, interesting. Uh, right, we'll move on from that one. Uh, Melon, so that's that's the Premier League matches complete there, right? So there's only four of them, so we, we went into a little bit more detail. We're actually over the hour now, so we thought it was going to be under an hour. So... Um, the next thing we're looking at is we're going to just talk a quick bit about the Ireland match that's coming up next week. So obviously we start our, uh, our World Cup qualifiers. Um, you have the team available there, don't you? I should do, yeah. yeah. I'll drag it up there now in one yeah. second. Um, so just a quick one on the group that we're in. So we're obviously playing on Wednesday, which is why I'm going to pull up this group. So we have Azerbaijan. We've got Obviously, us ourselves, Ireland, uh, Luxembourg, Portugal, and Serbia. Um, so, for one one question I have is, do you think we're going to get out of this group? Um, do you know, I'm going to be positive, and I'm going to say yes. Um, like I, I've just, I don't know if you see that screen there with the team on it. If you want to drag it up and, and have yeah. a look at the the squad that he's announced. Uh, obviously, there's no Randolph because he's out injured, but he hasn't been getting a look in. He moved to West Ham again, moved back to West Ham, and and hadn't got a look in with them. Yeah. Um, so I, I'd imagine Kelleher's going to get the the nod in goal. Um, 
there's a, obviously a call up for the Gavin uh, Bazanu. He's, he's at yeah, wasn't bad. He's at I think he's at City. He's on loan at Rochdale, but he came from Shamrock Rovers like two years ago to City. Um, and there's a lot of hype about him. He's only 19, but Kelleher's only only 20. So we've got some young goalkeepers there with Travers as well. Yeah. Um. Like I I don't know. Just with the defense is is alarming for me because obviously we've got Coleman and Doherty who are good players, but Duffy's gone completely off the boil lately. Oh, he's gone to Celtic yeah. and he's done nothing. Yeah. Um. And the Stevens I don't rate at all. I've I don't like him as a as a fullback um, yeah. it's the midfield is kind of midfield and the, the strikers are kind so of like a bit exciting for me because Jason Knight and um, Jason Malumbi and then Josh Cullen as well came in and, and done well so like there's the options thing there. you have to ask there is why have we got so many forwards compared to midfielders like I know a lot of them are going to play wide and stuff like that, but like, what the fuck? Yeah, like you'd you'd probably consider Brady, like the first three on the list there, Horgan, McLean, and Brady are, are kind yeah. of more wingers, if you like. Um, and yeah. Brady maybe an attacking midfielder. So they, I suppose, they fall under the forwards, but they're not really forwards. Um, who would you like to see starting in midfield? Just, just say what we what we're going to go with. Say a four a four two three one. Um, who are you starting? Look, I think the defense kind of half picks itself. Um, midfield, who are you starting there? Like, I, I would like to see. I think Jeff Hendricks going to start. He, he seems to like Hendrick, but I, I, I would like. I actually, see. I actually think he should because he, he's been playing regularly at Newcastle, and he actually hasn't been playing too bad. He's probably, if you look at like the fantasy football, he's one of their highest scoring players on the fantasy football. Like, so I mean, in terms of creation and stuff like that, he's he's up there with with kind of the top Newcastle players. So I would like to see him sitting in there. I know I'm not really a big fan of him, but we don't have many options. Like, Yeah. I, I, I would like to see Knight and Malumbi start um, in the midfield. Yeah. Um, just because Malumbi, when he's come in, I think he's real calm and composed on the ball and he, he's simple. He doesn't try anything crazy. He wins the ball and he plays it off to somebody who can make a better pass than he can. So yeah. he, he kind of keeps it real simple. I like I like watching him. Um Jason Knight, he's he's doing well at Derby um this year. And he seems like a real kind of aggressive midfielder. It's something that I think we've missed. We where he, he's, yeah. yeah, he's he's not afraid to throw his foot in and and kind of like he's not afraid of a booking, if you like. Um yeah. and it's exactly what Ireland need. They need someone who's who's kind of dogged and, and gets in at players and, and is a nightmare in midfield. So I, I wouldn't mind either of them two starting in, in midfield, to be honest. Josh Cullen, I've only seen a bit of him when he's come on for Ireland. Um, he's made a few sub-appearances. And to be honest, he's looked he's looked quite good. Um, we have Hurrahan and Alan Brown. Connor Hurrahan is is good, really, for kind of set pieces. And again, he yeah. is. He can make a, a, a good pass here and there, but I just think it's time to give these new players a... An opportunity and see yeah. what we can do. So um, like that leads me on to the forward, right? So who who like who do you want to see playing up top? This this is the problem. Who do you, who because do you think will play up top, and who would you rather see, or who do you prefer to see up top? I think Aaron Aaron Connolly will play up top. Um, whether he plays two up top, I'm not sure, but it'll probably be Connolly and 
either Rob Robinson or uh, James Collins then as well. I don't think Troy Parra has a chance. Um, he was on loan at Millwall, didn't get a look in. I think he's gone to Ipswich now. I don't know scored if he's his, playing scored, there. Yeah, scored his first goal um, last week. Did he? Well, yeah. like, since there was all this hype about him when he was coming into the team from Spurs and there was talk yeah. about fans wanting him to get an opportunity, but, to, like, he's gone off the boil as well. There's not a lot of kind of talk about him anymore so Shane Long similar enough he's he's dropped down to the championship now um so I yeah I think it'll be Connolly and Robinson who probably start um yeah. maybe James Collins because he gives that bit of height and he's a danger in the air just a question on Troy Parrott right so like obviously you're saying there like obviously not in the best of form in terms of goal scoring and stuff like that so um, I think I think me and Connor may have discussed it a couple of episodes back, probably probably at the start of the season. Um, like, look, we're 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 coming off uh, we're 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 through a period where like we had the likes of Robbie Kane. It was getting pretty much every single one of our goals. Um, yeah. Would you not like to see right? So look, he's he's an unproven striker, but would you not see? Would you not like to see right? Stephen Kenny's in there and he goes to Troy Parrott. He goes, you're my fucking number nine. And that's it. I want you number nine. I don't care about anything else. I want you. I see your talent. I, I, I want your goals. I want everything you want. I want you as a player to be the number one striker in Ireland. Give him that kind of little booster of confidence, which may in turn kind of turn his club career around. He might have a bit more motivation for for a club. For, like, I, I just think I just think there has to be a give. Like, he has to be given a spark to... To want to go and score goals, I just, I just think he's living off a reputation he had at Spurs now. So, could you just give him the pass the kind of the torch onto him and say, right, you're a new Robbie Keane. You're, you're like we're relying on you now, and just, just give it to him. I know he's young, he's, he's inexperienced, but just give him the responsibility. And look, you can only give it to him for so long. Give it to him for ten games and just say, right, we're, we're backing you. You're, you're number one. I know it pisses everybody else off because he's an unproven player, but would you not like to see that, like where you just get a young player in, got bags of talent, just trying to get it out of him is the problem. Like it goes, it goes back to my argument of playing players when they're not getting a look in at club level, but they yeah. come to Ireland and automatically think that they deserve to start for Ireland. We like every time there's an international. Mm. I, th I think he needs to prove himself at club level first because he hasn't, like, as you said, he's living off this hype at Spurs and I don't know why he's living off a hype at Spurs because he hasn't done anything at Spurs. Yeah. Like, he's done he's done stuff underage level with him and fair enough, he, he hasn't got a look in because Harry Kane has been there, but he's been loaned out. What most youngsters should be doing is getting loaned out at championship level and improving themselves then. Like, He's gone to Millwall and hasn't done it. Okay, he's got his first goal of the season at Ipswich. He needs to now go on a good run of form for Ipswich yeah. and and start banging in goals. And then, yeah, look, Stephen Kenny puts him in and says, "Right, you're my you're my number nine. You're my main man for yeah. Ireland. I want you there." But until then, you have to give Connolly and you have to give Robinson the the opportunity because they're playing, yeah, week in week out, and he needs to all this hype that was around him, he needs to forget about all that and he needs to concentrate on his own game and actually start showing people why there was this hype around him. But you can't 
can't not do it at club level and then just come to the the international stage and be like oh yeah well i'll show you where my hype is here like you haven't done it at club level so just yeah. just constant concentrate he needs to concentrate on ipswich now continue to go with the the form that he's he's recently hit i suppose um but until then now i i personally wouldn't have him in the yeah the ireland team just yet um just Kali, i don't know if i can share this but there's a youtube comment there coming from erectile dysfunction what's the oh, crack yeah. lads he's been on the last two or three weeks what's the crack man those things um yeah it is an interesting one I, I just I just want that that striker. I just want a bit of like I I'm lost with Stephen Kenny. I, I as far as I'm concerned, I, I don't want him there anymore. So look, I know that I know financially for the FAI and stuff like that, it's, it's not gonna be it's not gonna be a smart decision to get rid of him because who do you get in? Whoever you get in yeah. is gonna be a lower level or else not gonna be able to afford anybody higher than that. So look, it makes sense for him to be there. In terms of the future for the country and the international team, I think it's really, really poor. Um, I, I, I don't like him as a, I don't like him as a manager, and I don't like his, his interviews after games and stuff like that. Like to me, it's, he struggles to to even think correctly. Like do you know what I mean? Like and what he wants to say, he doesn't get his. He does to me. He doesn't get his words across like I'm doing right now. We're not getting me words across very well. But he, like <laughs> he doesn't get his, he doesn't get his words across correctly in an interview after a match. So how is he relaying what he wants to say to the players? Like is is that is that a clear message for the players? Like do you know, I can only go off with what I'm seeing, and in his interviews, I'm really not pressed. The the only thing is I I wouldn't read too much into his interviews. I don't care too much about his interviews. I care about what he delivers behind closed doors to them players that gets them performing. For me, I I was in the same boat. Like I was like, yeah, like Kenny's done. Like he's not doing anything with them. But when I sit there and look at it, it's I I want to see all these players, as I said, that are coming to the Ireland team just thinking they deserve to be there. Yeah. I want to see that gone and. If he, he's worked at the underage levels, if he's going to start bringing up these players who he's going to give an opportunity to, because there's no point in bringing them in and then continuing with the same shite that he's been doing. Yeah. If you're, if you're going to bring them in, give them the chance. And I hope that's why he has these players there, that he's going to bring in these players that he's worked with at the youth level and give yeah. them an opportunity because they're the players that are going to fight for him on the pitch. They fall from at that underage level. They'll fight from at this level. And that's where I hope that they'll drag kind of Ireland back into the the mix of qualifying and what we're all used to, like dramatic kind of scenes when they they qualify. But yeah, I get I what you mean it. about his whole interviews and stuff. It's terrible. He needs work on that. But I don't care too much as long as yeah, look, look, the message I'm, I'm he's not, relaying. Yeah, I'm not too fussed about the the interviews and stuff like that. But it is this thing where like he had an identity at Dundalk where he was just completely. Um, play out from the back and that was grand he's trying to do it at Ireland he doesn't have the talent to do it at Ireland so he needs to understand that he needs to adapt like you have the likes of Big Sam there who would have just came in and just would have known that we're a long ball merchant team and would have adapted and played like that he's yeah, he's trying this thing that I don't think we have the talent to work with I, I just don't think it's going to work for yeah but are you are you happy to sit there and watch an Ireland game where it's fucking going from the defence like taking out the whole midfield and trying to launch it to the striker or 
do you prefer to see what he's he's trying no. to build a, a no, builder from the back and at least no I, I and, and you know what I, I don't I don't actually I I would prefer to see a long ball launched up like let like we had one of our best moments as a nation with a fucking long pass from Darren Randolph over the top to Shane Long against Germany and like that is just the way we play and I don't think there's anything ever going to change that like there's no amount of talent in there that I think. Like look, look at them players there, right? They're bang average players. Like who stands out there as world class? Not one of them. Like if you were to put all of them as a team in the Premier League, they'd be getting relegated. Like I, I just think- don't think we have that talent there. And look, I understand what you're saying, like that. Like it's nice to see him try, try this new method and stuff like that, which is great. Yeah, yeah. He has his own theory on how to play football, but you have to be a realist about it. And that's what I loved about Mick McCarthy. He knew he didn't have the fucking talent there, so he adapted to that. And he played it in a way where we could not not string results, but at least have a chance. And like we haven't scored, we've scored one get one goal in whatever amount of games we've played with, with him there. Like, and it was but a fucking Duffy header, I think. It's also them previous managers that are to blame for this kind of stuff as well. Like Martin O'Neill. I think it's McCarthy. the culture. I think it's the. I think it's just the yeah, Irish well, culture. Man, no, man, well, but hang on a second, because like. Those those previous managers had opportunities to have what are now considered top English talent. Yeah, like but they like had we're the never opportunity. Get Hang on, he, he played from fucking underage level all the way up. Had yeah. Martin O'Neill called him into the squad when he wasn't doing like he he had his high profile and he got called straight into England, and that's what made his decision. When he didn't have that high of a profile, and Ireland were thinking about bringing him into the squad. Same with Declan Rice. Bring them into the Declan squad. Rice get them them Rice, I think, was there on the bench at one stage, wasn't he? And he didn't get played, yeah. yeah they, they that, didn't that's bring fair him enough, on. right? That, that's, that's, that's fair enough. But the likes of Grealish there, like, I, I don't think he ever, ever was going to play for Ireland. I know he played for him at the underage level, but there's no way that he was he was going to be playing for Ireland. Like, he, knew, he knew he was too talented for it. Like, I don't think... You have to, like, if, if I'm the manager of that team at that time, you bring in them players, you call them in. There was never a thing of... Grealish is undecided whether he wants to call up or not, or he's waiting for England. It was call him up and he'll come and get him his caps, and that's but they it did, sorted. They, You're did, done. they did call him, they did call him, and it, it was it was a McCarthy called Bamford as well, because Bamford is eligible for, for Ireland. We missed out on him because there's no attraction to play for Ireland. Like, like who, who wants to play for Ireland? We're not a, we're not a fucking top, we're not gonna challenge around. Yeah, but it's it's because it doesn't help with the fact that you're not these players that are playing at your at your international like youth level for you. They're not getting them into the team at, at the kind of top level and getting them caps. If you tie down these players to international level, like that's where the talent is coming from. We're letting all the the good talent go, and then we're sitting here and we're saying, but we don't have any talent. It's because we're letting it all go to England. But we're we're pulling players from England. Like like Grealish is English. Do you know what I mean? Like like he has he has fair enough. He has a few fucking uh, granddad or whatever that's Irish. And Declan Rice is English. Like do you yeah, know what I mean? Like, so like I'd rather see an Irish fucking player that's playing. Like, but you've you've got to then stop it at youth level. And these players that are are eligible for England, like it's either you make a decision at youth level and you play all the way up for Ireland, or you you play for the English youth team it's the one or the other is you, the problem is you can't tie them down at youth level that's the yeah. issue I think Without, you, you have to like, if you're if you, like I know I know I know from kind of like just fucking seeing what it was like but 
at that level at youth level you do not care about that player in 10 years time you want your best team at the time so if i'm an under 14 fucking irish manager i want the best under 14 team that's available to me like i have the potential to, to challenge for something at that level but it's like, the wrong way to do it though because 100 percent is the wrong way to do it but that's you, just the way you, it is well you have to that has to change though before that we does, can yeah. before we can progress and keep these players like at that level like jack Grealish came to play for the ireland underage teams because he wasn't obviously wasn't good enough for the english team yeah, at that level at the time yeah yeah and he he thought right and same as declan rice come over to to play for the irish teams get noticed hopefully i get into the premier league or championship and the english manager notices me and i'll change to that's squ- that squad it has to change at youth level and the, the one players thing about fucking ireland right is Look, we're, like we have to call a spade a spade, right? We're not the best footballing nation. Like, it, like it shows from our our local, our, our fucking national league. Like, do you know what I mean? We're we're not we're not the most talented bunch. We have heart, and we've always had heart, and we've always kind of had work rate. Right. Um, but Sorry, just a message that came in on YouTube there. Yeah, hold on a sec. I've got it up there and read it. It's a, it's very fucking true. Uh, we need to develop our grassroots instead of sniffing around English nine-year-olds. Great long grass granddad. That is hundred percent true. Like that's that's what I just think it's it's just so hard to like if you look at the likes of Spain, like I don't think like I know it's a, it's a different fucking ball game altogether, but Spanish kids don't play an actual match until the age of something like 13 or 14. Like it's yeah, all ball work, it's all, all passing. Yeah, it's it's all it's all the logistics of the game, like all the basics of the game, like and that's that's something we don't have in Ireland. Like, you think about, you have a kid, and the kid is eight, you're like, oh, fuck, I'll bring him up to the fucking, to the local football team, throw him in there, let him run after the ball for a while. You want to mm. bring that kid up to tire the cunt out so you can put the fucking bed at nine o'clock and sit there and watch fucking Netflix at night. It's not yeah. to, like, develop him as a player and stuff like that. I, I just don't think there's enough of that, like, and I, I don't think the we have the knowledge in terms of coaching to do it as well. Like, and, like, Look, what you're saying is 100% right, and we do need a, a change further down in grassroots level. But I just don't think I don't think we have the structure to do it. Like, it's not going to happen. Like, we can sit here and debate it all day, but it's it's not going to change where it needs to change. And as that comment says, it has to change at the the grassroots levels before you're always going to have these players who come to play for Ireland just because it gets them noticed at that level. And then the English side start thinking, right? Can he play for England? Is he eligible? See how he gets on the Premier League or Championship, and we'll snap him up. the The prize is always there. Like England, they're always going to be competing for World Cups or European Cups, whatever it might be. That's that is kind of more attractive to any player if they have the opportunity to go there. I get that, but Good. if we if we can change that at the youth level and get players to commit to Ireland and just tie them down, like it's like a contract. Yeah. Like it's you, just you hard sign. to do it at that level because you I, know I, I, they no, I get it. Like, they're going to know whether they're going to be good enough. You're tying every player down, and then if you don't rate them at Ireland, they have no international career. I get that because yeah. they could go and play for a different international team if you if the Irish team don't rate them or want them. I I do get that, but for us, we're losing out on so many players because we're letting them play for us, and then they just go and go to the England squad when they've developed into a top player. It's it's yeah, yeah it's never cool. gonna change, I suppose. Yeah. But look, getting uh, back to the game. 
Yeah, so in terms of um, us progressing and what what's so where, where what's your hopes for kind of us in this this competition? Look, we all know what we're up against. Um, Qatar are playing in our league, but it's only friendlies for some fucking reason. And um, because of the hosts, they're put into our league, but um, the results don't count. So fucking pointless. Um, so how do you think? Like, look, if you look at the likes of Portugal, so we've got Portugal, Serbia, Luxembourg, and Azerbaijan. Who are you, who are you expecting? Like. How many points? Right? So I'm just going to go through each team, and it was six points. I want you to tell me how many points you expect to get from them two games, right? So I'm going to start with Portugal. Yeah, look, I don't, I don't think we'll get any points out of Portugal. It depends. Look, it, it does depend for me as well. It depends on if fans are allowed back in the stadium, and we can have an an atmosphere at yeah. a kind of like if we if we can have an atmosphere at the Aviva, I think we can put it up to any team. Yeah. It's like when Portugal come to play in Ireland, we'll have a big atmosphere. Everybody wants to go see Ronaldo and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. But right now without fans, I'm saying no point no points against yeah. Ireland? Nipo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Serbia. Serbia I I think this game I think will be a draw. Um and I do think we could potentially nick something at home. So what do you reckon? Two points maybe or four? Mm. Yeah, do you know I'm gonna go I'm gonna go four points out of that game. <laughs> I'm gonna say zero. <laughs> uh so Luxembourg. I'm gonna say zero. <laughs> <laughs> so far. Um Luxembourg. Look, to be honest, I think Serbia and Portugal are the favourites, aren't they? Really? Yeah, definitely. Luxembourg, I don't know. It, it, it's too hard to to pick. You like it? You look, look, and like being realistic. Obviously, as an Irish fucking fan, you have to look at Luxembourg and Azerbaijan as must wins for all four of their games. And if you don't win them four games, you've absolutely zero chance. And you have it's, to hope the next up in Serbia and yeah, it's, uh, it's win them four games and. Hope, as you say, hope you can nick some points from Serbia. I yeah. look, I, I write us off against Portugal. I think they'll beat us both games, yeah. home and away. Yeah. But if we can nick, if we get a, a, a win against Serbia at home and manage to get a draw, like you're, it's yeah. It comes down to these games against, as you say, Luxembourg and stuff. It's that's where we suffer. It's where we yeah, we need them points and we drop them. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so look, we'll we'll we're an hour and twenty five into it, so we'll we'll move on a, a bit quicker here. So. Um, give us a score prediction on this and yours. You reckon we might make a draw? Yeah, I'm gonna go one all. And scorer, um, Connolly, Aaron Connolly. I'm gonna go with. Uh, I reckon we're going to lose two nil. Um, we can't really think of any Serbia players to make the score, <laughs> so so I'm not gonna give a goal scorer. But uh, yeah, no, look, it's an interesting one. We will we will come back to this next week because we'll have seen the match by then. So it'll be interesting to kind of pick up on the Irish uh, match. So um, might do a live stream on it. Maybe. Maybe. Let's see. Um, right, Mellon, we're going to just move on quickly to um, the fancy football because I just want to give a quick update. I haven't really gone to it much lately. Um, and there is obviously the league that I'm running that I'm giving away a few prizes in. So um, just a quick update on that. So I'll just get rid of us there for a sec. So yeah. see if we can zoom in. Do, 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 do. So top of the overall leaderboard is 
Jacimba Changa, um, John Hermanson. I'm, I'm gonna struggle with these fucking names. Uh, <laughs> Ali El Hawari, uh, Udin Panang. Not even gonna try say that fifth fucking name. Um, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> Toy writing, so I can't even comment on it. Uh, so well, I can't even give a team name for it. So I don't know. Uh, Thomas Lavdalubovic, he's been he's been there for a while. So look, does, I'm not going through much more. So that was just a, a quick a quick update on that. Uh, just on the March league as well. Or sorry, on the February. So we did give away a ten or free bet. So Jay Pradeep, if you are watching, um, you've won a ten euro free bet. So um, get in contact with us, but um, chances are you're probably not. So, man, apologies on the uh, pronunciation to them names. Um, we're going to move on, right? Um, do you have a melon's bone for us, man? No. Let's just move on to the bets. Yeah, so we're going on to the bets. Have you got any bets done up? No. Oh, lovely. Right, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show out my uh, my bets there. So let me just get these up on the screen. That's me with loser today. So, um, Paddy just texted us in. And told us that Ajax obviously won, so he's up to 120 euro now in his uh, in his challenge. Sorry, that's me fucking dog working there. Um, so yeah, so look, fair play to Paddy. Hopefully, you now next week he, he has something to pick. Um, <laughs> sorry, the dog's running in, just ran into the chair. Uh, <laughs> so um, look, I'm gonna just give out my bets real quick there. So I'm just going to zoom in on this if we can. Boom. So. I've gone with a nine-fold, so I've stuck a fiver on this. It's a good sign. I like to see when they're offering you more money than you've you've placed before the bets even started. So um just take that off. So that, that's a good sign. So I've a nine-fold here, 227 to one, returns eleven hundred. So I've gone with Southampton to beat Bournemouth. Um I've gone with Brentford to beat Nottingham Forest, Barnsley beat Wednesday, Norwich to beat Blackburn, Wofford to beat Birmingham. Borton to beat MK Dons. I think 15 to 8 is a mad price on Borton. They've been in serious yeah. form lately. Um, Fleetwood to beat Swindon. Hull to beat Shrewsbury. And Sunderland to beat Lincoln. So I actually think that's not a bad bet, man. And that's probably one of my bets of the week, <laughs> if I'm being honest. 1100 grade uh, back, was it? 1100, yeah, from the fiver. So nice. I'll move on to the next one. So I've got a another nine fold again. This one's a little bit more. Uh, realistic, I think, in terms of the teams that are that are kind of playing. Um, so I've gone with Dortmund to beat Cologne. I've gone with Hartlepool to beat Wolfen. I've gone with Sutton to beat Stockport. I've gone with Real Madrid to beat Celta Vigo. I've gone with Marseille to beat Nice. The, the Irish league seems to be back this week, so I've gone with Bowes to get off a good start to beat Finn Harps. Um, I've gone with Feyenoord to beat Emin. Um, Inter to beat Sassuolo. That's how I'm going to say that one. And uh, Spartan CP to beat Victoria Guamarias. So, again, they're kind of a, a little bit more realistic. Like, it's 141, three quid will get you back 420 quid. So, um, it's not too bad on that one. Uh, the next one I have then, again, another ninefold, but um, a higher return. So, 466 to one. Norwich are 8 to 15. Uh, beat Blackburn. So I've gone with Norwich. I've gone with Wofford again. I've gone with a lot of the same teams here, just one or two different ones. Um, yeah. Borton again. I've gone with Fleetwood. I've gone with Gillingham to beat Doncaster in this one. Uh, Sunderland, Hull, Bradford have thrown in, and Swansea have thrown in to beat Cardiff. So um, decent enough prices for Bradford and Swansea there. So 
and um, that'll yeah it's not a bad one so two euro return 934 quid uh, i've done a fourfold draw so i always throw a couple of draws on so throwing three euro on this and it'll return 334 quid i've gone with preston and newton to draw i've gone with northampton and crew to draw i've gone with plymouth and bristol rovers to draw and i've gone with colchester and port vale to draw and um, so yeah so that one's not bad on 300 330 quid back on that one Nice. Um, and then I've gone with this is kind of one of the mad ones that I won the 12 grand on from a euro. Um, so I've gone with this, and again, I've done I've taken one team out. So when I done it with the, with the euro and won the 12 grand, it was seven teams, so it's six teams on this one. And um, nice. so I've gone with, again, I've gone with Norwich. I've put all my, my, my eggs in Norwich's basket, so I'm hoping they don't, um, they don't fuck it up for me. <laughs> uh, I've gone with Norwich to be Blackburn, both teams score in Norwich. Um, I've gone with Wofford, Fleetwood, Bolton. Hull and Sunderland. So I think they're very kind of doable. Um, the rest have already shown, which are league ones. So look, that's all me, all me bets. And um, for anyone that's not watching and, and and anyone that is watching and I'm like, oh, fuck, you have to go too fast. This is still going to be on me Facebook and it's still going to be on me um, YouTube page. So don't worry, you can go back and rewatch it. It's not going anywhere. Um, anyone that's listening on Spotify, again, you can get it on YouTube. If you just go to the YouTube and just type in football that's for you will pop up i'm sure you'll see us there um man and there's not much else we're going to be covering i thought it was going to be a much short one under an hour we're an hour and a half into it so yeah um, let's wrap it up we're wrapping this baby up um and we're probably going to play call of duty after absolutely oh yeah uh right man we're going to call it a day um thanks for joining no what right cheers um and we'll see everybody uh, sorry yeah uh, just for anybody if you haven't subscribed already to youtube go on to our youtube and type football bets for you we will pop up it helps us if you subscribe and tell your friends tell them to subscribe like all the all the videos that go up and stuff like that so um it kind of helps us out and again if you're not following us on instagram the football bets for you podcast type that in and we will pop straight up um just a quick one there good luck lads cheers for tuning in again man talk to you next week uh right so we'll leave it there man and same time again next week um yep so we'll see everybody then so cheers for watching everyone cheers